Thanks for tuning in to Don't Be a Farquit. A quick note ahead of today's pod. This was recorded some time ago, so please bear that in mind. Uh, while we chat about, in inverted commas, some topical issues, but also bear in mind that Celia Pacola has since had a beautiful baby girl, Eleanor Jessica, but in this pod does chat about being pregnant. Enjoy. When I was getting my second shot vaccine, I was chatting to the nurse and we were having such a great chat. Yeah. About, you know, yeah, she's lovely. And then I put this down on the desk and she goes, oh, is that your grandson? (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. This podcast does use some rude language and explores adult themes. You've been warned. Don't be a... Don't be a... Don't be a... Don't be a... Please don't be a... Don't be a... Don't be a... Don't be a... Welcome to Don't Be A Fuckwit, a self-help podcast for those who don't understand the widely accepted social norms. In recent years, we've witnessed the rise of the fuckwit. They've stepped out of the shadows and proudly presented themselves, making the world an infinitely worse place. But there is hope. This podcast will highlight examples of fuckwittery, raise awareness and aim to curb their behaviour, thereby making the world a better place for everyone. This isn't just a one-sided scream at life's idiots. We also endeavour to better understand fuckwits and why they behave the way they do. Helping me today is a superstar of the comedy scene in Australia. She's not a double threat, a triple threat or a quadruple threat. I think she's a five times threat comedian. Award-winning comedian, award-winning actor, award-winning writer, award-winning dancer, Celia Pacola. Hello. Thank you for having me. It has just this moment occurred to me that there's a chance that I am here because I'm a fuckwit. <laughs> like, is that just, this just is listening an... to that, I'm like, oh, am I an expert in this? Because, oh, uh-oh. This is not an intervention. Okay. You are here for your smarts and your comedic relief <laughs> and your wonderful insights oh, on life. okay. Uh, how is how is life for you, by the way? You've got you you know it's an exciting year for Celia Pacola. Oh, there's a bit on. What can <laughs> I tell you? Hmm. Mm. I am in the family way, Limo. This yes. is my. There's too is many that... ways to choose from. Yeah, right. Well, I'm currently reading uh, one of my 800 Stephen King novels, which I love, and it's been described like that. Yeah. I'm with child. Uh, yes. Up the duff seems my <laughs> least favourite. Right. Um, but I'm yeah. I'm expecting. Growing a human. Yes, that's the one. And you're so you're off the booze. Is that annoying for yeah, you? Yeah, it's been rough. <laughs> <laughs> it's been rough. I'll be back. I'll be honest. Like it's one of those things where I I really miss it a lot. Most of the time it's fine, um, but mm. there's just certain times where it's you know usually with mates, usually sort of sunset, warm, yeah. saying, or when I finish something really scary and I feel like I did a good job and it's like a the reward thing. Like I did a scary gig. Yes. In the, on the Gold Coast and went back to the hotel and just went, well, I guess I'll have four pizzas. I don't know. Right. Like you just, I'm really leaning into the carbs yeah. and sweets in place of wine. But I yeah. went on holidays with my wife when she was pregnant. Yeah. And it just, and I was sort of unsympathetic, I guess you could say, as regards my drinking. Right, right. Because I didn't hold, I just. Well, you were probably drinking for two, weren't you? I was drinking for two <laughs> and she wasn't having any and she loves a drink too. Yeah, see, my partner, and you, I mean, I apologise to people in the world whose partners have not done this, has off his own bat in solidarity chosen to not drink and he's Irish. Oh, my God. And go- so he's. <laughs> this is. But weirdly, he's fine. Like, he's like, I could take it or leave it. Maybe I won't start again. I'm like, yeah, just. So. That- I can't, I've never been able to get paid. I mean, you're stopping for, you're highly motivated. I am highly motivated. To help you stop. But I've just never been able to. Uh, 
This is the only thing that's made. You should get pregnant. Oh, I feel like. <laughs> I've been trying for years. <laughs> I just can't do it. Have you had anyone pat your stomach? Not yet, but I'm prepared for it, which <laughs> might make it onto the fuckwits list because everyone uh, yeah. is, um, yeah, it's been odd. I'm already starting to have the, just from people I don't know, some people mm. some people who I know and trust, they have no choice but to touch my stomach. Yeah, sure. Because I'm coming at them top up, check <laughs> yeah, it out. Yeah, right, yeah. Touch it. Look at me. Look at this. Poke it. It's so weird. Look, yeah. look, look at it. But um, it's it's more from the people that I don't. Yeah, know. and unsolicited. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll get to that yeah. uh, shortly. And I've got to ask about Deirdre Chambers, the greatest oh, yeah. no, dog name in the world. Deirdre Chambers. Uh, and I know Deirdre. Deirdre has been unwell. Is she going all right? She's been unwell most of her life. She's still a puppy. She's one and a half. Her breed is Terrier Cross Maniac. We don't know Terrier <laughs> Cross Question Mark. Yeah. She's a rescue puppy that cost us nothing and has now ended up costing us. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> uh, worth it, worth it. But jeez. Look, she has an autoimmune deficiency that means she has seizures. She's on mm. medication four times a day at very specific times. But on top of that, she's just a lunatic who will occasionally do the most bizarre. Like she ate puzzle pieces the other day. <laughs> she like found a ladder, pushed it to the table. And right now I think she's building a functioning meth lab. I don't know what right. she's up to. Um, but did, did she poo out the puzzle pieces put together she, in the correct way? No, it was a lot uh, harder to finish the puzzle after they had passed through her system. But, you know, it's just made it more challenging. Yeah. Um, she, uh, but the thing is, like, I love her so much. And when she's well, which is most of like when she's, she's mm. the funniest, yeah. most entertaining, charismatic, stupid dog in the world. So she's good. Yeah. But who knows? Call, ask me tomorrow and we'll sure. see. Yeah. They bring you a lot of joy though, yeah. don't they? What's your dog? What's your Those dog's vet bill, bunny, bunny. Bunny's great. Oh, she's, my God. For a moment there, I thought you were going to say something. Oh, no, no, no. Bunny's great. Oh. She's, she's starting to get arthritis though. What? So she has, she's seven. And she just gets a little limp at night. Oh, Bunny. She's fine to run around during the day, but then she just limps on her leg and she can't jump up onto the bed like she used to be able to. So we've made little stairs. Non-dog owners Non-dog owners will be shaking their heads at this, but we've made these little stairs so she can get up onto the bed. That's fine. Can you imagine someone being annoyed at that, being like, oh, my God, you care about your yeah, dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I an know. absolute piece of shit. I know, but we but one of our cats has a heart issue, and we took her to the vet, oh. and she saw she saw a cat cardiologist. Oh my god, she got a pacemaker! Now, no, she doesn't, but she's on heart medication. So, I'm going to give you two options here. Do you reckon a cat cardiologist is cheap or expensive? <laughs> It's probably going to be cheap, right? I yeah. imagine very cheap. Oh, but I, for like scans and ultrasound, and everything, eighteen hundred bucks. Far out. Yeah. yeah. I think our dog had a spinal tap. Like legit, had an MRI. MRI. Yeah, the right. dog had an MRI. Yeah. And we don't. You don't see that stuff when they because they go into the back room of the dog hospital. But yeah. I cannot shake the image that the doctors back there are also dogs. <laughs> like there's a little tiny dog bed and they've all got little coats on and stuff. Like like Bluey. I don't I know, know. Have you seen Bluey? Not yet, but it's, I'm preparing. You, you're going to love it. It's great. <laughs> I was interviewing Lisa McCune and I said to her, well, you were on Blue Healers. You should get a voice role on oh, Bluey yeah, as a police dog. Absolutely. And, and she said, well, or maybe I could be a human police officer. Oh, and I said, no, 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 they're all dogs. She thought I was saying oh, <laughs> she right. should be a – I said, no, no, they're all dogs on there. But also you are a particularly doggish Lisa McCune. Is that what you said? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's a great idea, particularly when, like, the audience of people listening would be huge Blue Healers fans. Like Absolutely. Parents. And the dogs right. are Blue Healers. Anyway, let's see if that happens. That's my tip for the uh, Bluey team right there. Uh, well, let's get into a bit of um, fuckwittery. 
coming to you live from an undisclosed location. This is I on Fuckwits. Brie, how do you feel? How do you feel about fuckwits, Celia? Well, this is what I wanted to ask you, Lima, because I know it's a young podcast, and it, because it's all about the wording, isn't it? Like, I don't know yes. exactly what you define as a as a fuckwit. You know, because is that someone? Is it just that's annoying, or someone who is mm. whatever they're doing is is dumb, or is it dumb in a way that harms someone else? Yes, that's that's where we're headed here, and it's. Largely about completely selfish behaviour. Yeah. Because life, as we know it and as we function in each day, is a team sport. We've yeah. all got to work together to make this world functioning yeah. in a smooth and relatively happy way. But some people choose a solo, selfish path and they are fuckwits. Okay, right. Because yeah. there's no space like asshole is sort of even is further down. It's a very specific spot yes. in the... In and this society, they're the fuckwit, you know? And it is people who lack self-awareness as well. Right. So fuckwits are people who are often unaware yeah. that they're ruining everyone else's day. Yeah. And even if you try to give them a clue as to their fuckwit behaviour, they'll look at you as like, what are you uh, talking about? I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, okay, interesting. Okay, I'm on board because then there's dipshit. I mean, it's just interesting. All this kind of dipshit is very different. But So yeah. I guess for me, because then there's people who wear toe rings. That bothers me, but that's <laughs> it shouldn't. So that's not. That's more my problem. But, um, I, got, but I get what you're saying with the toe me, ring. I think, I think, and this is more my stuff as per usual because I try not to judge or be angry at too many people, yeah. you know, but I'm not a rule breaker at all. Yes. Because I'll get caught. I hate it. It fills me with such dread. So when I see people breaking the rules, yes. it uh, I get paranoid. I get stressed because also, because you shouldn't be doing that. But I think maybe it's also because I'm projecting because I could never do that because they're so brave. But I think when I think about the stuff that really bugs me, yeah, it's stuff like getting up on an aeroplane before you're supposed to. Oh, oh, do you know? Just and, I, and it, it makes me so. And you know you're not supposed to. But that's a rule. And I get it that it's probably fine. And they're thinking, why don't I give a, sh-, you know, mm. well whatever. But it it bothers me more than it should. And it also, to me, it's about getting off the plane as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And you think you're better than me? What do you think? You're in such a rush? <laughs> yeah. Sit down. That's not going to make the doors open any faster. And if you start bucking the system. Yeah. then it doesn't work as efficiently as it should. Yeah. And if they put their needs ahead of everyone else's needs, then I that qualifies as a fuckwit, 100%, 100%. Like the people who stand, and we all know about these, the ones who stand right up on the luggage carousel. Yeah, absolutely. Just stand back. Yeah. Wait, you don't have to be there until your bag's there. Yeah. And in terms of the pregnancy, just I just thought of um, uh, the pregnancy stuff. Um, yeah. The main reason I'm pregnant is because I've got a lot of pressure to have a baby, um, mainly from taxi drivers. Um, I don't know what it is in my 38 years of life. Every time you get into a taxi, obsessed. So what sort of things have kept drivers? They're just obsessed with if I have kids and if not, why not? Like, for, right. And I don't know why. And that, that I feel like that's a fuckwit move. <laughs> To feel like you have a say in that. But there mm. was one in particular where I just got in the taxi and he said, do you have children? Which is fine. That question is fine, by sure. the way. Anyone yeah. listening? Do you have children? Fine. Mm. And I said, no. And he said, why not? <laughs> and I think that is where the line was crossed. Yes. And I was like, well, I have known you for a block and a half, so I will answer that very personal question. And I said, well, I'm very busy, is what I said. <laughs> and expect, I was like, just like, please, can we stop talking about this? I'm very, I'm, just, I'm very busy, aren't I? And mm. he goes, what if your mum had said that? 
What? I like, well, I don't think I would mind too much because I wouldn't be here having this fucking conversation with you. But thank you. Mm. Um, so that's something where I think that's overstepping into making someone else feel uncomfortable. So I think that's people that's, who ask questions that is none, none of your business. Well, is a and it's, move. it's rude as well. And bringing your mum into it, I mean, right. that's, you know, <laughs> that we're well um, and truly in fuckwit area there. That guy needs to. Mind his beeswax yeah. if you don't. But all the time. But the number of times that sort of thing's happened is fine. But um, also people generally. I mean, we have one son and that's all we're going to have is one. And, we, you know, and we'll get people who say, oh, and we've had this from the minute Lady was born. Yeah. Oh, when's the next one coming on? Yeah. I don't, and we had always decided, I think, that we were only going to have one. And people are like, why are you only having one? Like, and it's like, well, why don't you get fucked? Yeah. Because it's this none is of your business. Really, really huge stuff. Because we just decided we would have one. Yeah. Really? Shouldn't he have a sibling? I don't what? know. <laughs> no. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Who are, how de- this is, I think it always comes down to confidence as well. You know, these people have too much, too much of it. Mm. We just go, I'll just start. I'll just do this <laughs> thing without going. Maybe that's inappropriate. I don't know. But again, this yeah. comes from me being, I live way down the other end of the scale, too scared to say anything. I wa- so I'm going to put you in a situation that would have happened uh, recently. Pandemic, mask compulsory in oh, all yeah. settings and then you go to the park and there's people just – this infuriated me. There's people just yeah. sitting around having picnics without masks on. Yeah. And I was walking around the park going, what are you people – what are you people doing? I know. You know what the rules are. I know. And it really made – like I reflect on that version of me now and I go, oh, what a nerd. But at the time I was furious. Yeah, it's weird wherever you mm. put your line where you go, this is fine yeah. and this is not. But during that time, like the, the protests and all that stuff when we were all trying so hard and seeing people who were doing stuff just because fuck it. Yeah. Like I remember there was a point and I didn't, I didn't break a single rule because I'm terrified of breaking rules and also I became quite <laughs> in like a stepfather relationship with my image of Dan Andrews. I became like really, <laughs> Dan says go to your room or go to your room and when Dan says he's proud of me, I was like, he's so proud. Um, yeah. There was a point in one of the <laughs> daily conferences where they were like, we know that there are some reasons why people aren't wearing masks and then there's other or doing the wrong thing mm. and we know that some people have real reasons and then the rest of them, we don't really know, we don't know why. And I watched that and went, yes, we do. It's because those people have gone, fuck it. They've gone, because yeah. I want to go to mm. Bunnings now. They've gone, just because, just because I'm going to do yes. this. They're playing an individual game yeah. instead of playing the That's very nice. Te- instead of playing the team game. Um, the other one is getting into people's personal space. This is just because the thing is, there's oh, not that yeah. many. I don't. I haven't really. I've been quite lucky. People are generally quite nice. Most of the yeah. interactions I have in the world and online, <laughs> we're, we're talking about dating later, so we'll get to that. <laughs> sure. But um, are generally quite nice. But every now and then, you're just like, look, that was that was. I think on the face of it, not cool. So I was at uh, Blues Fest. Doesn't matter. But I was yeah. out in the world. Yep. And a f- fan. Well, this is funny. A person came up behind me and got me in a headlock to take a selfie. Oh, yeah, that is that is just but not You shouldn't on. approach comedians from behind. We're like horses <laughs> like that. We could kick you in your teeth. Yeah. But, you know, so. Yeah, that's that's not cool. Yeah. yeah. So that, I was like, what are you doing? I was, I'm happy to talk to people. I'm happy to do a photo, but yeah. I got a shock. I got a fright, like, around the neck. So, oh, yeah. I was no. like, eh. And um, that's, so that that's was. That's not on. Mm. Or the really, I had this one on the weekend. The super, super, super drunk guy who comes over to chat and just won't. Oh, God. 
Because I, I, like you, am, I'll talk to anyone. Very yeah. happy to talk to anyone at any time, particularly if you open a conversation with a compliment. Yeah. I'm even more happy to chat. Yeah. But then it's what's crucial is knowing when that chat's yeah. began. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's um, – I think I was thinking about because also we've all done like I'm sure I've I've been uh, guilty of being a pretty terrible driver at times, yeah, um, uh, and a bunch of stuff that people will be like fuck you. So I get it, everyone does. But I've thought about it, and I think there's nothing quite so delicious in the world as when you see something slightly bad happen to someone who's being a bit of a dick. Oh yes, Do you know what I mean. So I think that's yes. this is the area in which we're playing in. All of yeah. these people <laughs> who do this stuff, I don't think are bad people. You're just like yeah, that was a bit. That's that was a bit of a fuckwit move, mate. I saw some vision uh, in the last week of a guy with a hotted up car coming out of some event and he was driving out onto a main road and he just gunned his car and started doing a burnout but then crashed his car into a tree. See, was he okay? <laughs> he was fine. See, then it's great. And then it was that's like... exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was like... Don't want him to get hurt, <laughs> want him to fuck his car up a bit. Great. And it was just an immediate payoff. You're like, oh, you dick. Oh, there we go. He's... I had, this is so, I have such a terrible memory and yet this is lodged into my brain and it means nothing. Was that mm. like Dreamworld or Wet and Wild? Was it a theme park sure. where there was heaps of people queuing to go on the wa- rafting water ride? Oh, yeah, it was yeah. a water thing yeah. and everyone was queuing and it was taking ages, they were all annoyed and there was a group of four people on a raft and one of the guys was being a real douche. He was like, like mocking the uh, queue because uh, yeah, we right, had to yeah. wait. So sure. the whole queue, and he's like, you're good. he was being a real douche. And then his sunglasses fell off his head into the water and it was so good and everyone saw it and yeah. his face just be like ah and they're gone and we're like thank you instant karma that they was are, delicious they are great moments though yeah Kel my wife was at the zoo on the weekend and it was very busy because it was school holidays mm-hmm. and people are out of lockdown and she was struggling to find a park and there were a number of cars in the car park and then one park became available and this dude just in front of Kel stopped to take that park, had his indicator on. She said he was faffing around a bit. She couldn't quite tell what he was doing, but he was kind of taking his time. And then this dude in a Ford Ranger ute, because it's always in a ute, for just just turns around and just takes the park. I mean... And like, gets out with his wife and kids and just throws his arm at, arms out as if to say, well, you took too long. Well... It's like... What can oh. I tell you? Sucks to be you. That's... Yeah. What a dick. And the only way I console myself when I look at people like that is I say, well, he has to spend 24 hours a day with himself. True. And that must be a chore. True. What's your opinion on – because you're a sport guy. Yeah. What's your opinion on streakers? Uh, Look, I'm generally in favour of streakers. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Because I figured you'd be like – You'd be anti them because they are getting in the way of... They're upsetting the buzz of the game or yeah. the flow of the game. Yeah, it's not about them. Oh, you know what? I just like a bit of colour and movement. <laughs> you know, I just think I don't want streakers all the time. Isn't that what sport is? Isn't sport Yeah, sport movement? is colour and movement. Uh, but, you know, see, I, I quite enjoy booing as well, you know? Right, 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 I think right. booing's a bit of fun as long as it's in the right spirit. Yes. As long as it's not mean booing. Like booing a player that is used to be on your team now plays for the other team. That to me is just like standard fun booing. Right. Yeah. So you like a streaker to boo them. Yeah, well, because yeah. I'd be like, oh, come on. You know, I didn't come here to look at your bits jiggle about. Yeah. The one time it did annoy me is a guy called Peter Hoare ran onto the ground when Australia were playing Iran in a World Cup qualifier mm-hmm. at the MCG. 
And he interrupted the game and the game stopped and the flow completely changed from Australia to Iran. And ah. then they scored a couple of goals and won the game. <gasps> so everyone blamed Peter Hoare ah. for that. So that was one time it was annoying. Your butt ruined <laughs> the match. <laughs> and the, but he had the his clothes on. The stopped a nation. Oh, well, that doesn't count. He was just f- fully Running clothed. around. Yeah, running around. Oh. Like an idiot. Litterers as well. And a, Fuck oh, with. Litterers. And people who spit on the street. I saw a man I know, in people, Richmond in what? the daytime yes. do a bushman's blow. <laughs> and if you know what that is, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for putting that image in your head. And if you don't know, I'm sorry for teaching you. It's when a man puts a thick, generally a man, could be a woman, I've never seen a woman do it, puts a finger over one nostril and blows snot onto the street with the other one. And I was appalled. And you can't call the police about that. <laughs> there needs to be some sort of, there needs to be like a fuckwit unit. I don't know yeah. if it's a council division or if it's a state government thing yeah. connected to the police force. Also, oh, God, this is so petty. This is anyone listening. I mean, this is really such first but, world problems. But these but things are these annoying. Are, these things are annoying. Like if you book a – oh, my God, this is all the big classic stereotypes of things. We've yeah. done plane travel. We've done it. Um, if you book a hard rubbish – and then everyone else piles onto your hard oh. rubbish. And it makes no difference yeah. to you. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you booked it. And if, if they weren't ashamed about what are they doing, why are they doing it in the dead of night when you can't see them, you know? <laughs> Knock on your door and go, hey, do you mind if I chuck a couple of things? They never do. Oh, they yeah, just yeah. go, sweet, I'm going to use your organisation <laughs> to get rid of my shitty filing cabinet. Get rid of my gear. What about <clears throat> what about throwing dog poo into someone's bin as you oh, walk down the God. street? Oh, my God. Oh, well. Oh. See what if it's a, what if it's a bin that never it's a permanent outside bin. Yeah, well, but it is but it is someone else's bin. Yeah. Can you just lob some? Dog See poo? again, I've probably done that, but in a bag. <laughs> it's <laughs> not a, loose I did, poo. I didn't hold my dog no, over the bin. Squeeze them. <laughs> just deliver the poo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, it is more complicated. <laughs> what about people booing during a minute's silence? Absolutely not. I mean that's. Mm. I think that's past fuckwittery into kind of really appalling. You know that for a lot of reasons, it's, it's not just annoying. That's a that's offensive and unnecessary, and you know. So for uh, what purpose? Uh, well, I think for myself. What, what are you? What are you booing? Like, are you exactly. booing the silence? Are you booing the cause? Are you booing? Everyone else for doing something, but you don't. I don't Where I, was that? At the actual? That, ha- that happened. The booing, the verbal booing happened at an NRL game on Friday night. But, of course, because it was at an NRL game, it led to a punch-on in the crowd. So there was a big crowd melee. Oh, jeez. It's in the spirit. What a way to commemorate. <laughs> after, oh, my gosh. After that guy booed. I mean, some people, don't, don't boo a minute's silence. I don't care what you're trying to do. Hey, what about... How do you feel about loud, people playing loud music at the beach or the park? Oh, again, the confidence. The guy really I could never is. do it. The stress to be like to what to play, <laughs> knowing everyone's going to hear it. Um, it annoys me. Again, this is just a blues festival just because I found this very funny. Is yeah. My friend was camping. I was not camping. I refused <laughs> to do that anymore um, and was trying to get to sleep and like two in the morning, you know, tents would start yeah, playing yeah. music and he yeah. went over and banged on the side of a tent. And I'm like, how do you bang on the side of a tent? <laughs> I'm like, just, just flap it a bit. Like you can't, it's like you can't slam it. There's nothing. How did you bang on the side? And they, um, so... Did they turn the music down? No. They they openly mocked him and was like, did you hear something? Did you hear something? <laughs> right. Um, so, I look, I, I don't, I've got more of a problem with people 
listening to stuff with no headphones on it public transport oh, or watching yeah. something with no headphones. Yes. In a park or something, if it's music, I mean, because I'm a coward, I'd just move somewhere else and I'd be like, they're having a nice time. I don't, yeah, I'm a bit like you. I would never. It would have to be really annoying. Although I did actually, well, I did once. This is during lockdown though. Everyone behaves a little differently during lockdown. Yeah. I found aspects of my personality I didn't know existed. Yeah, yeah. During lockdown. Uh, but I was at the I was at Brunswick Street Oval at the cricket pitches and I was just doing some exercise there and then three dudes turned up with a boombox and started playing really loud um sort of you know English sort of soft rock from the like a soft kind of, rock like I'm trying to think of the Oasis? genre like like Kylie Minogue kind oh, of okay. like, I know I've called her English but that that type of late Pop. 80s early 90s Okay. And re- but really loud. And I'm like, guys, do you – and they – I kind of didn't really say I'm much. I'm not really in the mood for Shania Twain right anyway, now. Anyway, they, le- could... they left the cricket pitch area for a lap and I just turned their thing off. Because oh. they left it playing really yeah. loudly while just I was there. Yeah. And the guy comes back and said, did you turn our music off? I said, yeah, I did. Sorry, it was just really loud and you guys had just gone for a lap. It was cool. Yeah. And they said, and they turned it back on. And then I said, "This is my passive aggressive." I said, "Look, just so you know, guys, because there's a few signs up. If the council, <laughs> if the council comes past, you'll probably get in trouble." I'm for fine that. with it. I don't have a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm cool. Totally. I'd say turn it up if anything. <laughs> Mate, you were so like me, were a coward. I know. There's a, not me. Not me. Not I me, think but it's they. great. But some ner- some squares over there might just. Uh, you know, I'm no narc, but. <laughs> Hey, let's uh, let's have a look at what's been happening in the news for some examples of fuckwittery. A uh, lot going on with Russian oligarchs at the moment. Oh, jeez. And these uh, Russian if you're not familiar with your Russian oligarch, they're basically Russian billionaires who have made all their money out of property that should belong to the Russian people. Uh, but it's been sort of oddly right. sequestered. You know, he'll do th- Putin will do things like... In a, you know, he'll take electricity and go, I'm going to privatise this. And he'll find a mate and go, I'll go split you halves in the company. Right. And then Putin makes a heap and they make a heap. And then they tend to move out of Russia oh. and buy $200 million yachts and just cruise around the world. Wow. It really is the real gamut of um, bad behaviour yeah. on this podcast. Like at the beginning, we're like, it's a self-help thing to help people. <laughs> I love that there's people listening to this going, yeah, maybe I should stand a bit further back at the airport. And then there's a Russian oligarch going, you know what, actually – Maybe I should spend my money more wisely. We've got it all, but this, yeah. story, this story's making me laugh. Uh, so a lot of people are on the hunt now for authorities are on the hunt for Russian oligarchs because the, all their assets are being um, captured mm-hmm. as, as a result of what's going on in the Ukraine. Um, and a lot of Russian, Russian oligarchs are getting screwed over by yacht selfies. So oh. authorities are searching people connected with oligarchs, going to their Instagram pages and then finding – uh, selfies with yachts, and they can look at the surroundings and work out where the yachts are located. Oh. So there's three examples uh, involving selfies by a stepdaughter, an ex-wife, and an escort, of course, with the oligarchs who all did uh, Instagram posts from onboard yachts, and it led to the seizures of yachts valued between $50 million and $150 million. I mean, but can you imagine how could you have a selfie on a yacht and not post it? You know, yeah. that is pure torture. I te- that you couldn't – how could you – you know, if you're on a yacht, if you're an oligarch mm. on a yacht and no one sees it online, did it even happen? <laughs> did it even happen, exactly. And you're right, it would be for these Instagram peeps – 
if you're an influence, imagine an influencer yeah. getting on a $150 million yacht and oh, being told absolutely. no photos, no photos. please. No, no. As if a tough time for influencers in Russia because Instagram has shut down in Russia as well. So... I don't even know where to start. I don't know what they're doing now. Um, now, what about this one, uh, Celia Pecola? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabby Bolt, Australian comedian. I don't know if you know Gabby, but, oh. but that's how Gabby's oh, – I've right. never come across Gabby, but described as comedian in the Australian comedian in the story I've, I've got here, uh, used to work at Ikea uh-huh. and has revealed uh, that one day someone did a poo in a display toilet. At IKEA, and I've since done some research to find out this is not uncommon. <laughs> Please let it be uncommon. Why is this a, not uncommon? So much so that in America, true story, they bolt the toilet seats down. So specifically for the reasons that people can't do this. I mean, what do you think is the percentage of fuckwit to stupid in that scenario? You know what I mean? Yeah, is there yeah. a, like the the naive in me, naivety in me wants to think that at least there's a few of them who just made an innocent mistake and thought that thought it worked. Were, yeah. yeah. Is it a compliment to Ikea to say that they've set up an environment so So realistic. So realistic and comfortable. Well, that's it. It's like your own home. It's so much like your own home that it might probably have working plumbing. But maybe that's stupid. Do you think that which, – which, because if it's not, that means everyone yeah. is on purpose going – I mean, I don't know about you. I've never been in an Ikea that's quiet enough that there's not – and no, there's no one walking past. There's always a thousand people. Yeah. In IKEA, always. Then again, I'm such a coward. If I walked past and saw that, I would just keep walking past. You know, you'd probably I walk think- over and go, "Listen, I'm cool with it," but the management here probably don't want you to do a shit in their fake toilet. They are the worst. Oh my gosh. I mean, you keep shooting, but they. I mean, I sleep in the display beds, but that's different. It's <laughs> that different. I cooked some snags once in the kitchen. Right. There. Uh, if I was with my son, I would possibly say something. But other than that, I think I'd just walk past right. as well and go, hmm, that guy's that guy. I'd or, walk or, past and go, I'm putting this straight on Twitter. Or, or I'd try and get into a position where I could sneak a photo. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a thing. Isn't this ridiculous? This is our world in which we live. Because do you remember the poo jogger? That was huge. Oh, the, that's right. The poo jogger was massive. I mean, there's just nothing that is... That is not open for conversation and photos on the internet anymore. And that sad, you know that that sad photo where the poo jogger was finally busted? Yeah. And he was just kind of standing in a driveway in his jogging gear, his pants on his ankles. I mean, I guess the one thing that that man has to hold on to is that I don't know his name. Do you know what I mean? He was lucky he yeah, didn't get true. reported as like John the poo jogger Harrison. Sorry to John Harrison if you're listening, I just made that name up. But, you know... He's yeah. walking around amongst us and you wouldn't know. Well, he might get a uh, kick at it. Yeah, it might a, have been you, actually. Where a, were you, Limo? It, it could have been me. It could have been me. This is the perfect cover to talk yeah. about the poo jogger. Do you know that this is the one that always in my mind and I go, I can't believe I'm getting away with this. Mm. I'm terrible with names. Like there's people in my life, awful, awful. My memory is horrific. There's people in my life who I'm quite close with mm. and I don't know what their name is. And I have ha- said that yeah. to their face. I've gone, there's people in my life. That I don't know what the name is, knowing that I don't, <laughs> don't know, know who that person's name is, and I'm saying that to their face, yeah. and I get a kick out of that. I'm like, this is so fucked up. <laughs> I've had, and this, you know, might be putting myself into some of that fuckwit territory as well. I'm ve- I'm very similar, and I've worked with people for years. Years, no idea. 
you know. And then I feel terrible when sometimes, you know, someone will be talking to me and they'll say, oh, such and such. You know, I've, I must have met them three times and they can't remember my yeah, name. And, and I'm like, like oh, yeah, what a Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ugh. There are people I've met 30 times. No, that's why I call people like mate and mum. One yeah. day I'll figure out what her name is. <laughs> You've got to. Have you ever done this where you see, you arrive somewhere and there's a group of, say, four people and there's one person whose name you can't remember, so you call everyone mate? Oh, of course. Because you don't want to. Oh, but it's so obvious. Mm. I thought I was being so cool and then this happened to me and I'm like, oh, it's not that cool, is when you go with someone else and yeah. you wait for, I always say to my partner, I go, if I don't introduce you, uh, yes, jump in. it's because I don't know what their name is. So you jump in and yeah. then you get their name. And then I've had that happen to me. I'm like, oh, they don't know my name. They don't know my name. Just, can we just, like, if we as a yeah. society could get to the point where we got rid of handshakes, we had masks, you know what I mean? Like the stuff that we can make a decision on yeah. that's annoying but we just do it. Name tags. Forever. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Wouldn't your life be better? I am so into name tags. It'd be annoying for a bit, but what if we just got... Into the habit as a society yeah. that everyone wears names tags all the time. Yeah. I, I love it. Or tattoos. Or tattoos. Ta- tattoo your name. <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> name tags. But then it'd have to be on your face because you want to wear clothes. And I don't no, know name, how I feel about that. Name, name tags. tags. Name tags. Let's go with name tags. Let's move on to sport. A New Zealand horse trainer has tested positive for meth. Okay. And so has her horse. Oh! <gasps> Uh, Rochelle Lockett trains a horse called B Flexi, which won a big race in New Zealand and was tested, drug tested after the race and tested positive to meth. Um, then they tested the trainer and she also tested positive to meth. Why? <laughs> I mean, is that a, does it make a m- run fast? I guess it must. It's a thing, I think. Uh, it's not the first time it's happened in New Zealand. And it's happened in Australia as well. In Toowoomba in 2016, a horse won a race, tested positive to meth. But here's the best bit. The horse's name was Party Till Dawn. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, I didn't understand giving a horse MDMA because, you know, they look so sad. With a long face. We were like, cheer on, mate. <laughs> but a meth, you're like, I've never looked at a horse and go, I think you need to get into some more fights. <laughs> Let's let's get on. Why does that horse have no saddles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got some big teeth to lose. Let's get you some meth. Um, You don't don't want to see that big horsey smile with one missing tooth. No, that poor horse. Or the or the just the jagged horsey teeth. No, it's uh, don't give meth to horses. It happens a lot with greyhounds too, apparently. Don't give meth to <laughs> horses. We live in a world where you have to say that. Oh, no. Don't give meth to And I to feel horses. like it would be expensive. I feel like you'd have to give a lot of meth to a horse. True. For it to be. Unless it's a Shetland. You can give less, Shetland, less meth to a tiny to Oh, now a quick Shetland. That's what Just I'd like to see. a little Shetland. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, That's not nice. And I will add to the fuck with registry any mm. kind of cruelty to animals at any point. Oh, yeah. It's so. Absolutely. Upsetting and up and just uh, it is it mm. is really upsetting and I and it's hard to you know what's d- difficult about animal cruelty is you want to you know you really want to help out I know my wife donates to the different charities but then you sign up and you get their emails and you're confronted with these shocking stories yeah uh, all the time but there's so Brightside Farm Sanctuary is the one in Tasmania that oh, yes. I love very much it's entirely it's a farm sanctuary but they have. Every animal you can think of, but, you know, guinea pigs, camels, 
cows, farm stock, but then a lot of greyhounds. Yeah. Blah, blah. And the, the way that I get around it, because when you go there, every story is tragic. Yeah, but yeah. they're all now saved. And so whilst every story is heartbreaking because it's so upsetting, how they got there, but now they're all free and happy. Uh, uh, they're all happy. Yeah. I'm picturing like the, the centre page of a kid's book with all those animals. Oh, my gosh. Just it's hanging amazing. out. Yeah, yeah. On the farm. It's nice. I like it. Let's go into Fuckwood of the Week. It goes to, this week, Melvin Townsend III. Sure it doesn't go to his parents for that name? <laughs> it could well go to his parents <laughs> as well. He is the dude, I don't know if you saw this story, who taunted Mike Tyson on a domestic flight oh, no. in the States. So they were domestic flight in the States. He was in the seat behind Mike Tyson uh, and there is some footage of him just harassing Mike Tyson, like leaning over the seat, tapping him on the shoulder, uh, taunting him, pushing him, trying to have conversations with him, tried to get him to have a mushroom cap at one point, and it went on for ages. <laughs> the guy eventually threw a water bottle at Mike Tyson, and then Mike Tyson took up his seatbelt, turned around so he was now kneeling on his seat facing the opposite direction and just started throwing haymakers at this guy. It didn't really connect because if Mike connected, it would have caused some issues. Um, and now this guy's suing Mike Tyson. What? 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 <laughs> what? Yes. That's the craziest part of this story. I mean, that had to have been his plan the whole time, right? Or he's like got a death wish. You know how there's like uh, yeah. that idea of death by cop when people are like, I'm going to commit suicide oh, by getting shot by cop? That yes. sounds like death by Tyson. He's yeah. like, here's what I'm doing here. I'm going to go out the way I want to go out, which is like that's surely – that was the plan. Like there's no way he's thinking this is going to end. How could you think it's going to end any other way? Yeah. There's a great quote from Mike Tyson. This is from a couple of years ago and he was talking about trolling on social media and he's, and the quote is, social media made you way too comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the face for it. Now, <laughs> so this is a live, live version of him acting that out. But when that goes to court, because he's now suing Mike Tyson, a valid defence for Mike Tyson should be – he was being a fuckwit. Yeah, yeah. And that should totally mitigate. Your Honour, he started it. <laughs> I mean, you're yeah. a parent. Is that allowed? What do you do if you kid? If something, if what is what's what do you just, say to the he started it defence? I, I it, to the he started it defence. I would always say to my son now, you can go walk away. Okay. Like you know, if someone's punchy or something. Yeah. I say tell a teacher. Yeah. Or if you're not in that environment, come and tell mum and dad. Yeah. Or tell a grown up, and just tell them. But Dad, he's a fuckwit. And you go, don't use that language. Now you're in trouble. You're five. Stop listening to my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Um, because yeah. it is different. Like, because people shouldn't be allowed to Well, you shouldn't be allowed to, to harass hurt. anyone. But, yeah. But especially someone like that. Yeah. Who would be targeted, I guess. I, crazily, because he's, he's Mike Tyson. Um but Melvin Townsend the third. If you saw him as well, you looked at this guy taunting Mike Tyson, and you just look at him and go, "Oh, you've been a fuckwit your whole life." Right. He's just one of those guys. Yeah. Um, but he is our congratulations. He is our fuckwit of the week. Uh, now let's go to fuckwits in history. Have you seen the Get Back Beatles documentary? I have seen about. I think, 20 minutes of it and went, is this it? And turned it off. But apparently it gets really good. Yeah, I mean, it really is footage essentially of the four of them sitting around yeah. for eight hours. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, but one of my favourite bits is right at the end when they play their final concert, which is on the roof of the Abbey Road Studios, and you would have seen yep. at least the film clip to get back at some point in your life. Uh, and it's amazing. And they walk onto the roof and they play their first concert in uh, two and a half years, their first live show in two and a half years, their first live show in England for three years. And this is the Beatles, the biggest band in the world. Yet they start playing at 12.30 in the afternoon when they start playing. Uh, they end up playing for 42 minutes. They play 10 songs. But people on the ground almost immediately start complaining. Wow, oh, really? And call the police. And it's like, this is the greatest band of all time. It's lunchtime, free music from the Beatles on a rooftop and your first reaction is to call the police and complain. Lima, do you not hear yourself? That's you. You're going up to them going, hey, the Beatles, I'm cool with it. There's a bunch of people here who think it's just a bit loud and, you know, I'm just saying there's signs around in the council. Just because it's not. I mean, okay, yeah. Set. Point set match. You have ju- I have just inception oh. fuckwitted yourself on your own podcast. But no, but under, I under a fairly rudimentary cross examination, uh, I have been brought up. I I agree with you though, but it's 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 different, I guess, because it's like how, they're probably kicking themselves now. But how did, did those people not? They had to have not understood what was going on and I, not known it was the Beatles or not. You know, because I'm sure. So case in point, oh, no, I can't say, you can't have to cut this out. So someone that I know <laughs> who's not from here yeah. doesn't know what's a huge deal here. So might have okay, said something sure. to me like, who's John Farnham? And I'm like, what? <laughs> right. Whereas we forget that whilst they were the biggest band in the world, there might have been people there who were just like, here's just a bunch of bloody hippies. You're on my uh, roof and making a ruckus and I go to sleep and baby or whatever. Uh, yeah. Um. And so that would be annoying. If someone started playing music on my roof, I'd be annoyed. Mm. Um, unless they were playing, you know, I guess or something I'm into. <laughs> See, I hate – so drum and bass would be my least – Right. Most right. hated – or, that, or you know, your, what's your really sort of angry, screamy rock and roll stuff? Uh, I know Rosie loves it, the uh, – Death metal. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, So yeah. death metal no, or drum no, and bass, no, they're no, two no. I can't stand. Exactly. So to me, if someone was playing drum and bass or death metal on roof, I would probably. Yeah. So maybe in 1969 in London, the sound of the Beatles was like that for yeah. some people. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and of course, and the, 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 we can't expect them to have known that was going to be their last concert ever. Their last live performance Exactly. Ever. And yeah. it would be fun to find those people and interview them years later and be like. Did, Did you, you know what yeah. that was? And they'd be like, nah, it was just a racket because I think that's probably what it would have been. Yeah. But you never know what you're stopping. That's like someone going and heckling Jesus at the manger, being like, get out of me manger. <laughs> Not manger. Get out of me barn. There's this bloody prego trying to make all these noises in me barn. I'm calling the cops. <laughs> you bloody wise men. Yeah, well, you're having a party. They're having some kind of rave in me barn. Yeah, bag of weirdos. A sliding doors moment, perhaps. <laughs> so the police turn up. Spoiler alert for people who are going to watch this documentary, by the way, but it did happen in 1969. So the police turn up. A couple of um, a record company people run interference with the police in reception, which is all caught on film, which is highly entertaining because mm-hmm. uh, the police are being very English and very polite through the whole thing while still trying to get up there and stop it. And eventually the police get up onto the roof of the building and they walk out and there's a, just such a great moment. I really fell in love with Paul McCartney in a whole nother way watching this documentary. 
Paul McCartney turns around and sees the police and he just lights up. He get He's so excited <laughs> that he's being a rebel oh, again, you cute. know, and just starts playing. <laughs> like he takes it to another level after he sees the police. It's a really great moment. Uh, but anyway, that was the end of that. It was a 42-minute concert on the uh, roof of the studios there at Abbey Road. Hey, Celia, let's get into our uh, deep dive topic. It's time for a deep dive into fuckwits. We're going to talk about uh, dating. Dating? Why? There's no fuckwits there. <laughs> Everyone is on their best behaviour and, um, you know, just really displaying yeah. the best of themselves in society. We see the best of everyone, don't we? So we are bringing in an expert to help us discuss the world of dating. Everyone's come across some dodgy behaviour whilst dating or in a relationship. I mean, there's a time in my life when I would have considered myself a dating expert. Uh, yeah. Can you be an expert if you're just really, really bad at something? <laughs> also, fun side note, can I just say yeah. there was some leaked, not a leaked article, but there was an article that came out yeah. that said that I was being considered as the next bachelorette. One, which I would never do because I prefer to be rejected by men one at a time. But I also thought, geez, I hope they're still considering me because I would love to be the first pregnant and oh. in a seriously committed relationship bachelorette that they've ever had. Now that would get some publicity. <laughs> they tried to get some uh, get some more numbers last year with the bisexual. Well, get a pregnant uh, one. <laughs> get a pregnant one. That'll get some numbers happening. Uh, sadly, it's an area where a lot of fuckwits do come into play. So we'd like to give you some guidance on how to curb that dodgy behaviour. So we're calling in relationship expert and dating coach Samantha Jane. Hello. Hello. Uh now, Samantha, you've done a lot of TV and radio over the years um, and you've shared your expertise, but what does the average day look like for a relationship expert and dating coach? Oh, it's perfect for people to get bored easily because every day is different. I am out there solving problems, helping people ignite attraction. I mean, today I had a real horror story, um, but, you know, that's okay. I'm, I'm all about solutions go on <laughs> are what you allowed are you allowed to share your horror story with us oh my god it's really bad um <laughs> oh, no you don't you totally don't have to it sounds like that's gonna be serious i'm like is this something fun like he's got a dolphin tattoo in a really bad place and you're like oh no he's you know he stole a million dollars from her yeah. um yeah. so do you do you more get are you more likely to get a single person that says, hey, I've just had no luck dating, I need, I desperately need some guidance, or people who are in relationships and they're struggling with the relationship? I get a bit of both, but I'm most likely to get someone who's single, who's over dating, they've tried everything, nothing's working, they keep attracting the wrong people and they're just over it. Wow. And what do you do? <laughs> Sorry, this is me getting free advice. Again, for myself who... Is in a committed relationship, but you never know. You never know. Um, what What's the first step? Do you just spend a lot of time with them to figure out, you know, yeah, what, what do you tell them? It's all about raising standards and getting mm. clear on their outcome. I like to give that person control back in their life because often they're just looking. It's like going to a restaurant. Someone says, oh, what, what would you like? Oh, I'll have whatever's left over. And that's what a lot of people do is they mm. wait for the other person to chase them. They wait for the other person to make the choices as opposed to making their own choices. So I help people identify what their patterns are and help them break the toxic love bonds and start looking mm. for a healthy 
relationship, looking for the red flags and actually starting to raise their standards and actually set some clear boundaries and have fun. That's excellent. And then what it sounds like you're telling me there is because we have been told for the longest time, uh, you know, in my experience as a woman, I don't know what it was mm. like for you, Lima, but that whole that it is not cool to that you should hang back, that you should treat a mean, keep them keen and not be too. Mm. But it sounds like what you're saying, Samantha, is is actually that's counterintuitive and maybe you should be on the front foot and up front asking for what you want and going after what you want. Is that right? Totally, totally. Okay, so think about the type of person you'll attract. When you're playing the game of treat it mean, keep it keen, I mean, that's really technically it's a toxic way of dating. So if anyone's accepting bad behavior, so somebody that treats them poorly and they're attracted to that, that's a huge red flag. So, mm. Can I ask you one more thing? Not a good I always, because <laughs> Samantha, I grew up, I mean, I've been off the dating scene for about 12 years now. I So I missed out on all the apps, which we'll get to mm. shortly as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, back in my dating days, you know, you would have these unwritten rules, as Sil's reference there, where you'd mm. say if you met a girl on a Saturday night, it would be like, you can never call Sunday, ever, because mm. mm. that's just way too keen. You can maybe Monday, but Tuesday is probably your sweet spot. Wednesday, Thursday is starting to look a bit lazy, you know, but that's, but we've moved yeah. on from that, I'm guessing. Oh, we so have because everyone knows that strategy and it just doesn't work anymore with mm. the apps and iPhones and social media, everyone wants that instant gratification. So mm. they want to hear from you sooner. If you're interested in someone, you actually have to let them know that you like them, mm. but don't let them know everything about you. So keep an element of mystery. Because that was so, the other thing, because I went through that strategy as well, which mm. is, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all my crazy on the table straight up. Yeah, uh, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you don't like me at my scariest, then, <laughs> then move on, buddy. <laughs> that, that is it. But yeah. Get out of here. How did that? How did that work out for you? Mod- well, moderation. I don't know. You tell me, Samantha. Is a great idea to to. Ha- I, I'm currently in a in a. Well, <laughs> I don't know where to start. Come. Look, you look. Let's get to the the, the fuckery, and then um, maybe I'll take Samantha out of it. Okay. The, sure. Sure. Personal. So Samantha, give because we we want to give some practical advice here to people because the last thing we want to see on the dating scene and in relationships is fuckwit behaviour because it tends to be not helpful to anyone and it doesn't get anyone anywhere. So can you give us a few classic red flags that A, people on the other end of the red flag should look out for and avoid and people who are creating the red flag uh, – Because they must not know. It happens that often. There's a few things that seem to happen – over and over that you go, these people must think that this works. I get Well, is that true, yeah. Samantha? There would be people who go, oh, I thought it was okay <laughs> to call 30 times a night. Is that weird? Yes. No, it's actually there's a term for that called love bombing. Mm. So people mistake love bombing for somebody that's really interested and they tend to target people who are vulnerable. So if somebody's texting you, calling you, sweeping you off your feet, and making you feel so incredible when they barely know you, that is a huge red flag. Run for the hills. Oh, right. So too much love too early is a bad sign. What about are there what are the rules around when you can tell someone you love them? Okay, that's an <laughs> look, that's an each to their own scenario, but as long as it's not in the first few days, weeks, I, I think you need to have a, an exclusive relationship and it needs to be, you know, 
three plus six months would be a good time. Right. So that's so you think three to six months is an area where you should know yeah. them well enough to be able to sincerely yes. and properly say that you love them. That's right. Because mm. if somebody is saying to you, and it's happened to many people, even myself, uh, you know, two weeks in, I love you. I want to be there with you and spend the rest of my life. You're thinking, oh, my gosh, that's just full on. And then people hear that and they think, oh, well, he, he or she really likes me. This this is good. I've got the power and control. But really they are just trying to manipulate the scenario. Mm. All right. So what are some of the other red flags? Someone that's really stingy. So you're going on a date and it's they're, they're, they're trying to be really conservative. They've gone to a date that they've said to you, let's go out for breakfast or let's go out to dinner. And then they get there and they're like, oh, I've, I've, had, I've had food. Um, do you just want to order an entree or a drink? And oh. then when it comes to the bill, they're very uh, stingy when it comes to that because the relationship you have with money is a relationship you have with love. So even if people don't have a big budget, you can still go and, and make your day feel really amazing by going somewhere within your means as opposed to making them feel really sort of cheap mm. and mean. Um a, a huge red flag is actually how somebody treats the staff as well. So if they're really mm, rude to the waiter, uh, yes, yeah, uh, that could be mean. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that, that would be a massive turnoff if someone's rude to rude to the staff. Really rude to the staff. Yeah. Um, I, I, I one of the biggest red flags is I think when somebody is actually criticising you, but with a compliment. So a lot of pickup artists say, oh. um, "Is that you know, nagging? Give her nagging. That's yeah. right. Oh, you look." You know, you look beautiful in that dress, but it would look even better if it was purple or red or black or, oh, you look great, but your shoes don't match. And, and that's just ridiculous, seriously. Uh, <laughs> or, or they'll say, um, uh, not many people can pull off that haircut, but it looks all right on you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just a, a negative in with the plan. Now that, according to these... Uh, a couple of dating books. That's quite, negging is quite big in one particular dating advice book, isn't it? Yes, it is. I believe it's the game. Uh, so, but but it tends to work for people who are really insecure, and it's 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 awful. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's run a few more past you and see uh, what you think of these. What if you're uh, dating someone in a relationship with someone who has a second phone? Scary red flag, unless it's a business phone. Um, but look at the other day. The, the second phone, it really comes down to how they're using it. If they're sort of hiding that phone from you, then that, that could be a red flag. But if it's purely they have a pleasure phone, and a, you know, and a, a business phone, well, then that's okay. Um, uh, what about if someone doesn't have a good relationship with their parents, mother specifically mm. or father, you know? That that's also very circumstantial. Mm. Sometimes you need to know the backstory behind it because sometimes they've grown up in a really crazy environment and they've escaped it and that's a legitimate reason. But if they're hating on their parents and there's a toxic relationship within the whole family and then they're hating their ex, they're hating everyone, that is a huge red flag. Yeah, what if they don't like your friends? Oh, this. That's Oh, <laughs> Too bad. They need to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Big red flag. What if your friends don't like them? Well, you need to consider why. Mm. So, I, I had an intervention once with some friends mm -hmm. who said to me, mm -hmm. you have to break up with this girl, you're saying. They they said that to you me. Down. 
Yes. And? Justin Hamilton and was one of those what happened? people. And, well, as it turned out, she was a completely different person in front of them and me. Mm. They shared mm. with me a side of her that I'd never seen. Mm. But yeah. they had seen a lot. And she was, yeah. very, she was very different around them. And I was shocked, to be honest. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that relationship didn't last for much longer. It just seems, yeah. yeah, it's so impossible. Can I ask you uh, what I think is a personal story but also I think interesting question because mm. with the pandemic and the lockdown and stuff, uh, I met my current partner online and we spent the first three months of our relationship without having met in person. Yeah, right. Have you had a lot of people come to you with that kind of situation and how different are the mm. sort of dating rules when it is not in person? Yes. During the lockdown it was incredibly busy and a lot of beautiful relationships blossomed because you had to slow things down, you had to go back to like the old-fashioned ways and actually get to know each other and create an emotional connection. So it was actually a really great time to meet someone So that, that you have. Mm. It was good. The weird thing was just not knowing the things mm. that you normally would know, like what if his head's really small or if he's, <laughs> he smells bad or is a bad kisser, like I don't know. What um, was the, how nervous were you after three months when you first saw him face to face? Terrifying. Samantha, this is Matt. So this is, I went because the lock, the, the border was still up. He lived in Sydney. Um, so I just went up with the border was still up. Yeah, so right. didn't know when I was coming home. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up having a five week long first date. Would you recommend doing that? <laughs> Well, it could be a bit of a risk. <laughs> um, it was a bit. Yeah. I, I booked my own Airbnb and it was funny because on the plane on the way up there I told the airline hostess because I was so excited. I'm like, <gasps> going to meet this guy. She's like, you're meeting your boyfriend. I'm like, you know, you're seeing your boyfriend. I'm like, yeah, I'm meeting him for the first time. And expecting her oh, to be God. excited for me and she yeah. looked at me like she was the last person who was going to see me alive. She's like, <laughs> this really? is bonkers, yeah. But what I found interesting, which is why I asked the friends thing, is I'd f- it was such, that was the biggest thing apart from not knowing him physically, yeah. is um, not being able to meet his friends and him not meeting mm-hmm. my yes, world. So yes. our, the whole thing existed. It really rounds out someone's personality, doesn't it, once yeah. you get to meet their friends yeah. and get a sense of the world they live in. Um, more I ask you some some for advice for people who are on the on the apps, which I was on, which yes. is where I met him. Yep. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, God, because it can get really tedious, a lot of the introductions and having the, mm. the first – the f- initial few messages, do you have any advice for people maybe getting on the apps for the first time or what to do, what not to do in those initial couple of messages? I have so much advice. Yay! Okay, so everyone technically hates online dating, but it is yeah. the best way to meet someone and it's the fastest way. So you need to just get ready. So you have to have the best photo and the best profile and be really clear about what you want. Think of it as in the end game, the outcome that you want. Swipe. Right on basically, if you're a woman, swipe right on any man that you think, is he, is he, does he repulse me? No. Okay, great. Well, I'll consider him. <laughs> Are you serious? Is so, that where the bar is? <laughs> he does yeah, repulse no, no. me. So easy. You know why? You know why? why I say that? It's because men have the worst photos traditionally. This is so, true. Yeah. What are, for people, sorry to interrupt you there, Samantha, for people like myself who have never been on the apps and I looked at a mate's app once just to get a sense of how Tinder worked, but what sorts of photos are, for, let's start with blokes, what sort of photos are the worst? Like is with, a, a, with a gun or a fish <laughs> or a fish and a gun. Or a tiger or a, or a, a cat. Or a cat. Why do they do yeah, that? Yeah, shirtless. 
Yeah. Are there a lot? It's so a lot of shirtless. A lot of shirtless. Yeah. A lot of them and eight other guys. So you don't know which one they are. But uh, then Samantha, uh, I don't even tell you. Someone yeah. told me this. It's like because men don't take as many selfies. And I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. But, but just take one for the app. Take one for <laughs> the app. Yeah. yeah. What if is it a is it a red flag, Samantha? If your date turns up and they look completely different from the like the photo was clearly the photo on their profile was clearly taken 15 years ago yeah that happens um is it a red flag well yes are you being catfished yes but sometimes as you get to know the person you might think well actually they are gelling with me i'm actually building that attraction so the thing is men fall in love with their eyes and women fall in love with their ears so if a man's really charming then it's highly likely in making her feel good that she'll fall for him. It doesn't really work the other way around. Men are more physical. Mm. Yeah, I just don't understand the f- that the concept of like I'll, I'll mm. trick him with this photo because I yeah. feel like it puts you on a bad start if you're mad, well, if you're like, oh. Yeah. It just comes undone so quickly. If anything, I go the other way and the photos are terrible. <laughs> so if they yeah. turn up, they're like, oh. Oh, wow. No shit, my profile photo was me hugging a donkey. <laughs> and I was like, if anyone's into this. Yeah, there we go. They're my, they're my kind of person. <laughs> but that's actually good advice. That's very good advice. Uh, some more. What if someone's always late to the early dates? Let's say the first three or four dates and they're always late. Well, they're always going to be late. So you hmm. have to accept that that they are always late. You can actually adjust the time and, and say, for example, you're meeting at seven, you want to meet them at seven, tell them at 6.30, um, have a talk with them, but just know that's actually who they are. Often you can't change a person. Mm. Well, that's the thing. This is another thing. I don't know who wrote this, but this was the, one of the sayings. I don't know when you can sit around with your girlfriends yeah. and we talk about this stuff. If someone shows you or tells you who they are, believe them. Oh, right. right. Which is that that thing where it's like, you're like, well, they're doing this now, but they surely won't be like that forever. Yeah. They are. Yeah. They are. They will be. I have to say, he is who he is. He is who he is. She is who she is. That's it. Okay. That's it. You accept or you move on. It's up Mm. to you. All right. So you you get a good sense of these things early. Is it a red flag if someone is mean about their exes? Oh, it actually is. Yeah. yeah, it means a couple of things that they either haven't moved on, um, but if they actually say all their exes are crazy, all their exes are bad people, then you know you've got to look at the person that's actually communicating in that way. You think, oh, that's a bit of a red flag because you may be that person they they hate on in the future. Yeah, um, you know, toxic uh, relationships, no good. What if uh, what if they won't call you or refer to you as girlfriend or boyfriend after say? Three months. Move on. Uh, move on. And move on. And then you know what? Just let them – I think when if you want to date effectively, you need to always look at your own worth. And if somebody won't commit to you, won't call you a boyfriend or girlfriend and, and they're, they're too cool for school, then that's okay. Just find someone that will because you're worth more than that. Don't worry about it. Just look, that's fine. It's only been three months. I found you quickly. I'll find someone else just as quickly who actually wants the same things as I do. And then they'll either step up or you'll find someone that wants to actually commit to you. And I guess you've got the same answer if they don't put any pictures of you on their social media. Well, it depends. They could be respecting the relationship if they don't really post anything on social media. However, 
if they're post- regularly posting on social media and nobody knows about you, well, then that doesn't feel good. Always use, use your, I don't know if you want to call it intuition or your gut feeling, always use your gut feeling as a barometer as to whether the relationship's good for you or mm. not. I was just recently introduced to the term where someone was introducing giving their partner, new partner, a soft launch on social media. (laughs) (laughs) It was where they were putting up a picture. I think it was of like just two champagne glasses. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Oh, man. Uh, Okay. Uh, Looking for red flags. What if they have a second family they're not telling you about? (laughs) That's fine. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Extra babysitters. Hey, what about Samantha? Now, here's here's an awkward one, and this is something I just do not understand, but I know it's a thing these days. Are you – is the idea of dick pics, is this just oh, a God. flat out <laughs> no, a blanket no across the board? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing if you're in a relationship and everyone's happy, go for it. But I, I just, they're just such a mystery to me. It's hilarious. I guess it's whatever floats your boat. But look, I, I see them as a huge red flag. Um, what is that? What's it about? Um, I used to have clients and it was quite funny. And there was a lady and she was, she was quite an elderly lady. She's complaining about a man sending her dick pics. And I rang him and I told him off. Ha, and really? She's sending me. I said, how dare you? You know, you're, you're almost on the pension. You should be doing this. Anyway, uh <laughs> And he said, well, she's showing me her boobs. And I thought, oh, my gosh, here we go. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not I, – I'm not, I don't think they're the best uh, an indicator of a good start to a relationship, but yeah. certainly no. don't create that and emotional connection. Aside from but, anything else, they look, they look horrific. Like it's not <laughs> doing yeah. anyone any favours, <laughs> right? The other one I'll, yeah. I'll say – this is just for the opening line thing. I don't know if this would help anyone, but what I – if don't do this, but mm. I – Pretty much any time I get a message from a man, the tone is, "I'll I'll do you a favor and I'll take you out," and I hate oh, it. Oh right, yeah. I'll ta- mm. you. You're clearly struggling, and I don't worry, love. I'm here for <laughs> yeah. you, and I'll take you out. And right. I just, I don't understand. And it happens that often. Yeah. That I that that's obvious. I'm just trying to put that out there in the world. If guys think that that's a sort of easy way in it's that it's, but it's not self-deprecating at all it's putting me down it's, yes it's yeah, going yeah. look it's so tr- i don't know if they're thinking it's coming off really casual but it comes off mm. like they're expecting me to go oh thank god thank god yeah. you're here i was absolutely <laughs> staring at a wall and desperately waiting for someone to come and scoop me up and save me so i think i love your sort of message samantha seems to be you know value yourself a, a bit more and know what you want mm. and don't definitely don't yeah don't put up with bad behaviour, seriously. Um, what about what about this? Is I googled uh, bad dating experiences, oh. right? And this <laughs> okay. is one that came up a bit. We're very early on again because I I'd be just way too scared to ever be like this. <laughs> Even though <laughs> I've been with my partner for twelve years, it still would make me awkward. But in early dates, just weird sex talk. Like people just front foot sort of awkward sexual conversations with and they've and the other person's just going, Okay, this is weird, man. But that was on the stuff that I Googled, that was quite that was quite common. A common complaint from people. 
Yeah, well, that person's looking for the one thing, and there's specific sites out there. I mean, I would just be point blank. You know what? Go to this site. It's better for you because I'm not into this. Just be really direct. Yeah. Have a voice. That's the most important thing is to have a voice. If somebody's talking talking to you about things you're not comfortable about, just say it. Hey, uh, I think you might have the wrong impression. Um. Here's a, this is something I've this is something I've wondered for yeah this is something I've wondered for years. I know a couple of people who are serial cheaters, right? Have yeah. always cheated yeah. on their partners, multiple multiple times. Multiple mm. times, like one offs or having other relationships. Uh, one offs. Okay. Yeah, but it's I still think, not okay. But I but think I to myself, clarifying. but I think to myself, why do you keep going into relationships? Yeah. And putting yourself in this stressful situation where you clearly want to hook up with lots of different people, which is fine. You can totally do that. Just don't be in a relationship. That's right. So that person that's constantly cheating is driven by a variety and adventure. So they love the concept of being caught. They love the charming. They love the excitement of the news, the newness of a relationship. Mm. But they're not being true to themselves because they're not really wanting a relationship. But they just want the security. They they sort of want the cake, and they can't. They 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 just yeah. The person that's a serial cheater or the person that's cheated a few times that's their within their values. So they're always going to do it. Unfortunately, they don't change. A leopard doesn't change its spots. Um. So they can't change. I mean, surely that can't be. They've got to be able to change. Only if they want to. If you're you're saying to someone, oh, you know, this is unacceptable, I won't tolerate that, they will go, oh, okay, I won't do that. And then they will feel safe again back in their comfort zone and then cheat again. So they have to be the ones that actually decide not to do it anymore. Finally, Samantha, so we've spoken a lot about dating what about relationships? I've been with my partner for 12 years now. What what are some of the most common issues and subsequent workarounds you offer for people in long-term relationships? I think it's all about keeping the spark alive. People get bored and they, they just feel stale. And so the, the, the biggest thing to do if you're in a long-term relationship is just to appreciate each other. Don't forget date night, go away, add some variety and adventure in your life just to remember that you're best friends, you have each other's back and go back to the space of love and take the moments to just even look into each other's eyes. You'd be surprised looking into, into your partner's eyes. is actually a really beautiful way to connect with them and often you can tell the degree of intimacy a couple has with how long they can look into each other's eyes. Excellent advice. And date night <laughs> as well is a good one. If you, can, if, you can't, if, if, you, if you can't look your partner in the eye, you've got problems. Do you – because I used to blow my mind all the time. I'm like, what do people talk about? Like I fear a silent relationship that's just logistics, mm. you know, like what are we doing today, blah, blah. Oh, Kel, and you, I, Kel and I have been through periods like that mm. where a, a, every conversation is really functional. Yeah. So mm. it's almost like you're spending every conversation sorting out your diary. Yeah. Yeah. So would you recommend – you know, is it at the point where it's not offensive to go, let's get a, you know, it's a, it's a Monty Python sketch, I think, mm. a box of conversation oh, topics and Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Or something. What can you do if you find yourself? Because, I mean, even because I, I, my mind goes, date night, fine, we go out for dinner. Then you sit at dinner going, so what are we doing tomorrow I, or the next day? I, like I, I found yeah. us in that situation before we had our son, we would sit at dinner and ha- 
talk for two hours about our dog. Right, yes. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which is all well and good for a little while, but really you should, you should have a bit more going on So is it important to have – I think it's to have – Shared experiences, so you can go and do things That's together right. and talk about that. But mm. also, I think individual experiences are important as well. Like, I love that my partner and I have very different worlds, so we've got stuff yeah, right. to bring yeah. to each Definitely. other. Is that important? Definitely. Yeah. So always remember to remember who you actually are, have your own hobbies <laughs> and interests, and come together and bring out the best in each other and encourage each other to be passionate, be passionate about life. And then you'll have a lot to talk about. If you're finding that there's not much to talk about, it just means you need to go and explore. Go on a weekend away, go for, go for a hike, explore a new beach, mm. go on a road trip, watch a crazy movie. I don't know, do something that, that's interesting, learn something new, plan a trip. You can go axe throwing in Melbourne. I did that. That was, go, was that do fun. Do that. Yeah. Axe yeah, throwing. It's, quite a, big, it's um, quite a popular sport in the States. Is it? Axe throwing. Yeah. They don't let you drink at the same time, which oh, I think is fair. But it's fair but boring, you know. <laughs> so you've got a – oh, that is that, – I bet you can drink in America. I know. While you're axe throwing. tape, all of this. So, oh, H&S gets in the way of a good time, you know. Such a drag. Uh, Samantha <laughs> Jane, you've been a joy to chat with and thank you for your insights uh, into relationships and dating. And – uh, Are you available for so do you take one on one consultations? Is this? I do. I do some one on one and I do groups. I, I run the husband project and the love project. So, yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I'm going like, to do, do some Googling. <laughs> I like the sound of the love project. Uh, Samantha Jane, your website goes by the same name uh, and, pe- okay. and people can find uh, Samantha there for some. Uh, Great tips on uh, relationships and dating. And we uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for your time today. Likewise. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thanks, Leah. Thank you. Lovely. And that's it for this episode of Don't Be a Fuckwit. We hope it has helped all of you fuckwits out there put yourselves on a smarter path in life. Celia Pacola, it has been a joy. Um, is there anything going on that we can plug? Uh, <laughs> my first thought then was revolting. Yes, you can plug my vagina because the baby's going to be coming out of it very soon. No, uh, no, no, no. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. It's all a big mystery. Um, but thank you for having me. Lovely time. It's going to be interesting how to sort of pitch this podcast to other people being like, hey, you should listen to uh, this. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? No reason. Just, <laughs> just, just, have a, think... just have a bit of a listen, you know, but bit stop being such a fuckwit. Bit of fun. Um, hey, if pe- can people, uh, you know, if there are for some unknown reason, people out there who aren't across all five seasons of Rosehaven, where can they, oh, yeah. where can they find that these a, days? It's kind of most of it. I think it still might be a bit on iView. Some is on Amazon Prime, I think, because we've, right. yeah, it's all over the place. Good luck finding okay. it. Google it. Go, go to it. the uh, the bargain bin in your local JB Hi-Fi <laughs> and you might find a couple of actual DVDs. There we go. Um, I have a friend of mine with glee sent me a photo of my book in a bargain bin. Oh, Fun. And a Dimmicks on the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Did it have a sticker on it? Yeah, oh, so $2 yep. or something. Oh, well. There it is. Happens to us all. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Lima. One, two, three, four. If you did enjoy the podcast, please tell a friend, uh, write a review and uh, give us five stars. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five stars. Thank you for listening. And remember, don't be a fuckwit. Thank you.